I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted to have you along for the ride as I am back here and ready to roll. Graziano is here. Lewis Riddick will be here in a second. We have 8 million things to get to. Huge night in the NBA. The NHL playoffs are underway. Mel Kuyper is along with the latest from his mock draft. And we have the huge football signing that doesn't do one of the things we thought maybe it would. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Breaking NFL news, a mega payday for Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. He got the Eagles to the Super Bowl. He's earned it, not just because of his exceptional play on the field, but his leadership as well. All right, Jalen Hurts becomes, at least for the moment, the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. And our one place to start is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire NFL insider extraordinaire Dan Graziano and my man Lewis Riddick as we get set for next week's NFL draft. Good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. So as I mentioned in the open there, we have so many storylines from so many different sports today. We'll just take them piece by piece. And because these guys were here, we'll start with the football of it. So Graziano, actually, Lewis, let me start with you. Yeah. Because I, I want to tell the story of Jalen Hurts before we get to the impact. Yeah. Like the impact of his contract is going to be significant on the team and on Lamar Jackson and his pursuit of what he's in pursuit of. But too often in sports in general, and I'm doing this 30 years, when something bad happens, we talk about it all day long. Let's take a moment and celebrate a young man who has done everything exactly right from the beginning and has disproven the idea, Lewis, that nice guys finish last. Yeah, look, he's taken the uncommon route, which is to not seek out the path of least resistance, but to meet adversity, meet challenges head on time after time after time. And, you know, and it's not always like everything has not always been set up for success for this young man until recently, until the past two years, quite honestly, in Philadelphia. He has had different coaches different coordinators, different voices in his ear every single year of his career since high school up until the time, up until these past two years. And he's never complained. You never hear a word about him saying, hey, look, things are stacked against me. Things are going wrong against me. When he got benched for Tua Tungavailoa in Alabama, he could have left. He he didn't say a word. He just went back and did his work. When they called on him, he came in. He rescues their season. He makes big plays. Then he transfers and goes to Oklahoma. People say, look, you know, you're, you're basically just profiting off of their offenses, off of Lincoln Riley's offense. You're really not an NFL caliber passer. He goes to Philadelphia. Dan, I know you're going to talk about this. He's not even expected to play. Carson Wentz, right? was supposed to be his team. He gets his shot. And what does he do in every subsequent year since he's gotten his shot? He's gotten better and better and better. All the while taking not the path of least resistance, but continuing to fight through the roadblocks that are put in front of him. So when you get guys like this who get paid, for me, as a guy who looks at things through a GM perspective, 
I could sleep very well at night paying him the money because I know this. Just because he got his money now doesn't yeah. mean he's going to rest on his laurels and stop trying to push the envelope as far as how good he can be. I remember the night he got benched in the national championship game at halftime for Tua. And, you know, uh, someone who has a reporter's perspective, right. Jalen Hurts was interviewed on the field after that game on, on camera. And I remember coming away from that thinking, that was impressive. Like, yeah. the way he handled it, he talked about how great it was to win. He made his contribution to it. Yeah, like, I remember thinking, that, that, that young man handled that exactly the right way, and it, it told me something about him. And then the other thing I remember about him is, before his rookie year, this, the, during training, late in training camp, I was writing something for ESPN.com about like expectations for the rookies. Burrow, Herbert, mm-hmm. Tua. You know, a couple guys expected to start right away. And I remember talking to <clears throat> Jalen's uh, quarterback coach, uh, Quincy Avery, who mm-hmm. works with a bunch of these guys. Uh, and he's, uh, what's he doing? He said, well, you know, it's, it's mental reps and just trying to be as prepared as possible for whatever happens, right? And talking about the stuff he was doing to be ready to play when and if he was called on. And sure enough, he was by the end of that year. He just always seemed to have the right frame of mind about everything. You know what? I'm glad you just brought that up about always being ready. You know, Greeny, I, I think, you know, like when people ask for advice, like even when you're talking about trying to get into media, right? They go, well, just tell me, just give me one piece of advice that I could use in order to eventually take advantage of an opportunity if an opportunity comes my way. I said, you just said it right there. Are you willing to work when you don't know when the payoff's going to come? Are you willing to continue to work when people aren't recognizing you? No one knows you're working. No one cares if you're working until they call you. And then they, they're going to care to see if you're ready to go or not. Most people say, look, if I can't see the payoff, if I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm not going to put in the work. Wait, why? It may never pay off, mm-hmm. but then again, it may. And see, that's what Jalen Hurts did. He, he continued to work when, pe- when no one cared, when no one was watching, yeah. when there was no benefit for him. And I think that, that's life advice, man. That and that's something advice. that most people are not willing to do. Don't, if you can't tell me when the payoff's coming, I'm not putting in the work. And, and here's the thing about it that I find fascinating, particularly because I'm so in draft mindset right <laughs> yeah. now. Right? We're getting Lewis and I. We'll both be in Kansas City next week and getting set for that. And so I'm so that is so much in my head right now that I don't think we were wrong when when I watched Jalen Hurts play in college. And I'm not alone. Right. I'm I'm not even a scout. I'm just a fan. Sure. He was not a good enough passer. He, I mean, Nick Saban knew he wasn't a good enough. He didn't trust him to throw the ball in big moments. Yep. He was not yep. a good enough passer. He has disproven something that I did not think was possible, which is the idea that that accuracy could be taught. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was just something you were born well, with. You could make yourself better at a lot of things. He made him. He went from being a bad passer to being a great passer. I thought that was not possible to it, do. It's a great reminder for everybody who's going to watch the draft next week mm-hmm. about development. Mm-hmm. He's not the same player he was when he was drafted. He's a better player mm-hmm. because he found out what he needed to do and he worked on it with the right people around him. So, you know, remember when these guys get picked, what, where are they going? Who's going to coach him? And how do you expect them yep. to develop over the first few years of their career? Because we, we lose that. Like the, the, these, these draft picks are seen as like these sort of known quantities. He's going to be this. He'll plug in here. He'll, the, the development aspect yeah. is so critical, and so it's, few it's people just, pay attention to the it. The draft is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of the journey. Look, there's a, there's a three-phase process to team building, right? And I, and I say it all the time. You know, there's the scouting and evaluation part. There's the valuation and selection part, which is what we're about to get to, the valuation of these players and then selecting them, and then the development and implementation phase, which is the most important part. And look, Josh Allen should have taught everybody a lesson when it comes to quarterbacks in particular. Do not take what a guy did in college 
and just automatically extrapolate it to that's exactly what his career is going to be in the pros because you know the circumstances change. You know these guys have access to much more, much more development than what they had in college. And you know, you know who was a good guy to talk to about this, quite honestly? Jordan Palmer has tutored a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Jordan Palmer tutored uh, Josh Allen. He's right now working with Will Levis. And he breaks this down to an absolute science as far as when you're talking about accuracy, tying your feet with your hips, with your torso, with your delivery, your mindset, how to overcome adversity, how to overcome bad throws, bad decisions, how to capitalize on good decisions, how to kind of tone yourself down, keep yourself in this proper headspace. All these things, especially when you're talking about quarterback play, play an integral part in whether or not you're going to take your game to the next level. And anyone who has ever met Jalen Hurts, talked to Jalen Hurts, watched an interview with Jalen Hurts, he's about as even keel and level-headed as it gets. And you know what? Right now, the greatest passer who we believe that this game may have ever seen, you think he didn't go through some development down in Kansas City, that being Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. You think he would just be that guy no matter where he went? For people... Whoever says that he would have been the same guy no matter where he went, that is not true. Right. That but, is but, not true. But, but the, the, the difference is, and you brought it up at the beginning, Patrick Mahomes was put in the perfect situation right. and he capitalized. That's right. Jalen Hurts was put in the worst Absolutely. possible situation time and time again, and they wound up in the same place. That's right. right. Staring at each other eye to eye in the Super Bowl last year and Hurts played every bit as mm-hmm. well as he did. Mm-hmm. That, that's why that's the most amazing part yep. of the story. Th- that's, that's makeup. That's personal and yeah. football character. That's who are you? Who are you really? Again, again, it goes back to that thing like I had said. Are you willing to work when you don't know when the payoff is going to come? Are you willing to put in the work? I, I've never even met him, and yet I felt so good for him yesterday. Yeah, man. I can't, I've never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. literally no, never great. met the man yeah, in my life. All right, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I, I only have a minute here before I have to let you guys go, mm-hmm. so I won't play it for you. I'm going to play this soundbite a little bit later in this radio show. But, but I will just right now tell you that Adam Schefter yesterday on NFL Live told Dan Orlovsky, I think he sort of phrased it as, I'll make you a bet, that only one quarterback goes in the top three next week. Ooh. Now, that is clearly not mm-hmm. what our expectation has mm-hmm. been all along. There was a moment in time there we thought the first three picks would all be quarterbacks. Certainly at least two of the first three yeah. would include Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. So if indeed we get to the third pick Thursday night, Lewis, mm-hmm. and we have seen Bryce Young go, and then in some order Will Anderson and Jalen Carter go, which is yeah. how I assume that would be, yeah. what, what are you going to say? <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, th- this is – this is where, to me, this is where mistakes are made. Late in this draft process, where no games have been played. Right. January, February, March, April. Nobody's been playing any football. But all of a sudden now, a guy who, in this case, if Bryce Young goes number one overall, a guy like C.J. Stroud has all of a sudden been deemed some kind of risk in terms of Maybe he doesn't quite fit the bill of being a guy who's a number two overall guy or a number one overall guy. And this is where I think mistakes are made because all of a sudden, like a whole bunch of hands start getting put into this pot at this late stage of the draft evaluation process. And I think you start overthinking some things. Now, I, I will be shocked if that happens. But then again, maybe I won't be because we, we've seen crazy things like this happen in, in late in stages of the evaluation process. But C.J. Stroud, I'll tell you what, if he's that, if he's that guy who falls – in particular, that one guy in particular, 
I will be watching this season with the kind of intensity that I haven't watched in a long time. Because I believe he has it all. Be a great break for the Colts at four. Oh my, are you kidding? Like, I'm not in the business of doubting Adam, right? But where I worry about his bet is if Houston does not take a quarterback at two, all of a sudden that Arizona pick at three is a yeah. hot commodity. Someone might come up yeah, to that may not pick even get to take a quarterback. Right. There may be competition but they might not, for it. Is the yeah, point I, no, he's I know. I, I get it. And I, Lewis, absolutely. back to what you were saying, like, if, if you're just – I understand that quarterbacks get, you know, there's more uh, value in a quarterback. Yeah. So, but if I told you right now who's the best prospect, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or C.J. Stroud – you, you, it wouldn't well, be a no-brainer that the quarterback is is the higher-rated prospect than those two other guys. I guess is what I'm asking. It's, it's not a no-brainer. I mean, it's subjective. But I'll, I will tell you that. Aren't those look, two guys both great? Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Yeah, but Carter they come, has all but, the off-the-field questions. I get exactly. It. But but you know what? But see, like that can't just be. And I get it. It's that's good. But he's a great player. But I get it. He's got some. Issues, but he's a great player because that I get it part has derailed many people's careers. I understand. To where the on-the-field part doesn't even matter. And with Will Anderson, as, as great as this young man is, I mean, we just sat here and talked to him. Yes. As great as this young man Nick is. Nick loves him. I can tell you this. I can tell you this definitively. There are defensive coaches. There are defensive head coaches. There are scouts. There are general managers that go, we're not quite sure if this guy really is that guy. Meaning the dude who on third down two minutes to go is going to put your quarterback on the ground because he's just got more than the tackle he's going to go against. I'm just telling you, there's people who have those questions. Von Miller is the comp that everyone is. Is he that? Can no. he become that? I, is he that now? No. Von's di- Von is one of the yeah. best ever. Yeah, exactly. Ever. I, I, I get it. You know it. what I'm saying? But as a prospect, I'm not saying it to you. I'm was, not saying yeah. it to you to say that's silly to ask me. I'm saying when Von came out of school. Right. Vaughn was a much better pat, pure pass rusher. That's what I mean. I, mean, I don't mean yeah, that yeah. he's going to that's become I mean. that player. Yeah, that's what I mean. But a but, guy who's just going to terrorize quarterbacks on third down for the rest see, of his and life. See, and see, now it's just all a matter of value, right? No, I'm not saying Will isn't a top 10 player. Yeah. He's damn sure a first rounder. But when we're talking about, do you take him over C.J. Stroud, who by all accounts many believe and I believe is a franchise quarterback? Um, look, Jalen Carter... If he can keep his head on straight oh. and he can mature. Look, he, he threw people around like they were kids. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the tape is ridiculous. But the same thing that we're praising guys like Jalen Hurts for, that resilience, commitment to the process, never say that, never run from adversity, always meet things head on. Those are the same kind of things that I'm sure people are going to go, does Jalen Carter have that? Does he have those, that kind of resilience? Does he have that kind of stick to I'll just say, if I'm Houston, if I have fallen in love with Will Levis, and I don't know that they have, I have the 12th pick in this draft, too. Houston's got 2 and 12. You can take the best defensive player and still take a quarterback you like. He probably will be there. Are you saying that you heard that they fell in love with Will Levis? No, 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 no. I'm saying that's the explanation for why you don't take a quarterback up there. I got you. And you know what? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be called a Will Levis defender. But I do believe that the story has not been written yet for this young man the way in which many people are trying to write it already. Mel loves him, too. Yeah, I'm late. Enough. I'm sorry. You guys are the best. Graz yeah. and Lewis, I could sit here. I could yeah, keep man. you both for two hours. Yeah. But, but I'm not allowed. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> guys, thank you. Uh, Lewis, I'll see you next week. Green presented man. by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV and could save you money. Visit Progressive.com. My NBA takes are next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. 
With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Greenberg, code Greenberg, for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greeny, the podcast. All right, so am I told that Bubba has something he wants? He has a bone to pick with me? As, as, I, as I make my return here, I am, uh, we have assembled the assembled members of the hashtag crew. Hashtag Hembo is here. Hashtag Bubba. Hashtag Cam. All together. Uh, Bubba, am I told you have a bone to pick with me? Well, it's, it's uh, Cam and I together. You know, what is the bone? Uh, you know, we're both uh, very happy with how things are going for your, your book. Um, both of you guys, um, you know, it's been a few weeks now since the book has come out. Yeah. Uh, we noticed when it first came out, looked on get up, pretty much everyone on get up, all the analysts, all your fellow friends on there all had copies, Yeah, free copies. So we're figuring, all right, it's been a couple weeks now, two, three weeks. Winner, a couple copies going to make our way to Bristol for your radio producers who are just, you know. Helping you out on a day-to-day basis, and you're just old pals here. When when are we going to get a couple of copies sent to Bristol? Well, it, it should be uh, pointed out that we couldn't get copies of the book there for the first week that it was out because it sold out as quickly as it did, and it is just, the stack, the supply, I should say, has been replenished in well, the last. Happy few days, to hear that, which is delightful. So yes, so you're saying that neither Bubba, you nor Cam, have been able to receive copies of the book. We you did not get the ones that we sent. I, oh, interesting. I, yeah, as far as I know, no no copies have been sent to Bristol, Connecticut. That's right. As far as you know, that's correct. I've checked my P.O. box. Right. Not no, there. As, as far as you know, copies have not arrived. You don't know whether they were sent or not. You only yeah. know they haven't arrived. Bubba, there. Bubba, here's what I've learned throughout this process. I've learned that I have two kinds of friends. 
the one kind of friend is the supportive kind of friend who knows like, yeah, maybe I might wind up sending them a copy someday and maybe they deserve one because we know each other so well. That's a nice thing to do, but they just go ahead and buy the book to support us, right? Mm -hmm. In this endeavor. Right. There's another kind of friend that thinks they're entitled to the free book and that they should be shipped said free book without even having to ask, right? right? That's the kind of friend that Cam and Bubba are. There, right. there is a huge, huge difference between your friends outside of ESPN Himbo yep. who are not helping to promote this book on this radio show every yep. day, I would like to point out. I have also never met you, Hembo. I, I think you're a great guy. I wouldn't consider us friends. Call him Paul. I would consider us colleagues. And that's a big I difference. I think that was unnecessary. That part of it may be true, but I don't know that it needed to be spoken aloud. Cam. I said he that's was a great strong. guy. I mean, you and I met for like 30 seconds in the calf that day, <laughs> and I made the observation that you're much taller than I thought you that's were going to be. But but I just I think that to call Hembo out in that way is I don't know that that was. He necessary. called us out for begging for this book. It's just simply I mean, you know the way nice I look at it is that I'm th- I'm thinking look you you get us a couple free copies for ourselves right. Then I'm thinking, all right, I have my own copy. I'm not opposed to then maybe buying some for gifts for other people. Right. But I think you'd at least take care of your own. I'm not asking for free copies for for me and my parents and my friends and my dog. I'm just saying, can me, your producer, the person you've known for 10, 12, 13 years, can we get a single copy sent to Bristol? And then, hey, if I like the book, maybe I see some numbers I like in there. Maybe I'll uh, get a Father's Day gift. See maybe I'll, maybe I'll like. get a, a gift from my uncle. Maybe I'll get, you know, maybe I'll, then I'll buy some things. I'll be happy to support you. It's but- a fascinating strategy that he's bringing up here, which is that we get influencers like Bubba and Cam copies of the book because that might then inspire others to go ahead and Bubba, do Bubba, here's it. the thing. If you were Cam, regardless of what you consider me, friend, colleague, enemy, whatever, if you guys wrote a Paul. book, I would definitely pre-order the book as a means of support, regardless of whether or not it was appearing on a show that I produced, which you both are. So the fact that you have still not... Uh, uh, it's easy to say that in, in now. I don't, I don't what know. What do you mean? Here's, here's, Write a book. You know what has actually jumped into my mind as we've had this conversation? If you were to ask Cam, and he's the one who just brought it up, to describe his relationship with Hembo, honestly, I think and, and if you gave him truth serum... He would describe you as a necessary evil. <laughs> I think that's friend, colleague, you know, whatever it is. I think he would say, you know, he's valuable to what I do, so I have to put up with him. Cam, would you even describe me as valuable and necessary, or would you describe me as an unnecessary evil? No, I think Greeny is going a bit too far. I, didn't, I, would, I meant no offense whatsoever. I have never met you in person. Colleague, the yeah. way you said, I've never even but, met you in but person. But Hembo lined me up with other friends who yeah. are asking for the book. I was simply pointing out, I work on this show. Who was I, the best man in your wedding? Uh, John Buchanan. Did John Buchanan buy a copy of the book? Or did you just send him one? He, no, he bought three. And, and did you send him a free one? Uh, I did not. See, so so this is what I told Stephen A. When he so, so Stephen A. had his book come out in January, and I, I've done several books before, and he starts handing me one. I said, No, no, no. Don't give me a free copy of this book. Don't get in the habit of giving people the book. 
You want them to buy the book. I said to him, Stephen A., I'm going to go. I have a bunch of them in the office. I want you to sign them for people. And that's how I have always approached this. If I just start giving you things, then you won't buy them for yourself. So anyway, we should have gotten copies for it. I will say, though, Bubba and Cam was an oversight <laughs> that, on our part. That was we probably should have thought of them when we did do this. I, we've taken a lot of time on this here, and I really want to get to my basketball takes. But I've been promising this on Twitter for a couple of days um, that the book is going to debut at number six on the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list, which is a ridiculously high number. And, and that is due exclusively to the support and the loyalty and, and the excitement and everything else of the people who have been with us for years here. And I can't, this is, it's, it's the highest. So if you take out memoirs, sports memoirs sometimes do very well. You write a book about Joe Namath or something like that, and that book can do very well. But for a book that is just a sports book, which one would think does not appeal to anyone who is not a hardcore sports fan, which immediately diminishes the overall possibility of your audience. Um, to be number six on the New York Times nonfiction list is almost impossible. It's, it's the highest that any book of its kind has been in at least two years. Um, and uh, I could just say, well, all we can say is thank you. Thank you for your interest in it and your excitement about it. I'm getting calls from everywhere every single day doing talk shows and all that kind of stuff because people are into it. It was also number eight in Publishers Weekly and number nine in the Wall Street Journal. So um, it, it's a ridiculous thing that has happened here in my whole career. Nothing like this has ever happened. I've never been more pleasantly surprised by anything that has happened in my career. So uh, the book is now available everywhere. If you're interested, by all means, uh, unless you're Baba and Cam, please go out and pick it up. Uh, and we will continue with that as we go. But uh, number six of the New York Times is certainly well beyond what anyone was expecting. Let's get to the takes. Greenies takes. All right, here we go to the NBA playoffs, which I spent my weekend covering. And let's start with this. Number five. The Celtics are now the uh, favorites, in, the betting favorites. To win the NBA championship. And that, to me, is exclusively a function of Giannis's injury. If you told me right now Giannis is going to be fine, meaning this back injury is not going to continue to hamper him, it's not, to me, a function of whether he comes back or not. But is he capable of continuing to be the best player in the NBA, which, when healthy, I believe he is, then I still like Milwaukee better. The Celtics got a better draw here. It's just that simple. These teams are where they are because the Hawks beat Miami in Miami last week. But the the Heat are the team you don't want to play. I'd much rather play Atlanta than Miami at this moment in time. So I think the Celtics have an easier draw. They will win that series in five at max. But I still would put the Bucks as my favorite unless you tell me Giannis is impaired by this injury. So what percentage does Giannis have to be for you? Does it have Close to be to 100. Okay, okay. Close to 100. With Giannis as the best player on the floor, then I think the Bucks are the best team. If Giannis is not that, then they're not the best I'm team. I'm just a little skeptical, even with Giannis at 100%, with a player of that usage, like every possession practically. The Celtics just have more way to go. Tatum, Brown, and Derek White, they combined for 78 points in that game, in game one. They led by as many as 32. I understand, but it's the matchup. They're playing an Atlanta team that is not... Look... The, the NBA, even the NFL has become a little like this now. When they added a seventh team to each conference, 
the play-in is a wonderful thing for the NBA. I love that we have it. I loved hosting it last week. And the play-in was a great idea, and it should continue. But largely, the play-in is a regular season enhancer. It is meant to enhance the regular season, and it has succeeded enormously in that. The flip side of it is you're going to wind up with some teams in the NBA playoffs that just don't really belong there with everybody else. And that's what we're looking at here. Don't pay attention to what the Celtics... The Celtics swept Brooklyn last year in the first round. The Celtics are very good. The Bucs remain the best team if Giannis is held. Number four. Uh, Number four on Greeny's takes here. Uh, Kawhi, I described him on TV this morning as being kind of like Haley's Comet. Because... He comes around so infrequently that you forget he exists. And then he flashes through the sky, and your thought is, oh, yeah, I forgot. Kawhi's a top three player in the league. That is not an exaggeration. Kawhi, at his best, Pete Kawhi, is absolutely there with anyone you want. Giannis, Tatum, KD, Steph, who I'm at, LeBron, Whoever else you want to put. Kawhi's that good. Let me give you some numbers from his 2019 title run, which, by the way, is the last time he played. No truth to the rumor that Kawhi Leonard has not set foot on a court since he won the championship in Toronto. But in the playoffs, dating back to that run, he averages 30 points, 9 rebounds, 4.5 assists. He has been a finals MVP twice. He's one of three players all time. To win finals MVP for multiple franchises, LeBron and Kareem are the others. So I think we forget just how good he is because we see it so seldom. Yeah, the the defining postseason players of this generation are LeBron, KD, and Kawhi, who on two separate occasions, both in 2014 and in 2019, effectively extinguished two different three-peats. He was the reason the Heat didn't three-peat. He was the reason the Warriors didn't three-peat. If we get any approximation of that player, they have at minimum a 50-50 chance to beat the Suns. Obviously, what happens in Game 2 is going to be enormous, even without Paul George. If he's going to average 30 points and do it efficiently and check KD the way that he did, watch out for those guys. He does it on both ends of the floor. That's your point. He won MVP of the Finals for D-ing up LeBron back in whatever year that was, 2014. Or whatever. Yeah, 2014. So... Kawhi makes it easy to forget because you just never see him. But he's a top three player in the league, and that's why they have a chance. Number three. Number three, uh, the Lakers are going to sweep the jawless Grizzlies. And I say it that way because if the Grizzlies are not jawless, then it's not going to be a sweep. But I do not think that John Morant is going to be able to play the rest of this series. Uh, That hand is not okay, and it isn't going to be okay. Now, that's not to say that he won't give it a go. I think he'll play. I think he'll try. They'll tape it up. They'll do whatever. He was already playing with a brace on his hand. He already had a hand. That reckless disregard, that that reckless abandon with which he plays is both his blessing and his curse. It, It makes him maybe the most entertaining player in the entire league to watch. But he got hurt the way you always knew he was going to get hurt flying through the air, just hurling himself into all of these bodies in the lane, and eventually something bad is going to happen. And in this case, it was his right hand being there to break his fall, 
and Anthony Davis landing on it and his hand snapping backwards in a direction that it's not supposed to. I don't care what the x-rays say. There's no way in the world that guy is going to be himself again in the next week and their season is going to be over. You know what I hate? I hate the fact that in game one of this series and in the Bucks Heat series, that the best player on the floor, or one of the best players on the floor, on a pretty, a pretty much identical play, wound up hurting themselves and potentially badly. In Jaws' case, it's the hand. In Giannis' case, it's the back. These guys are flying so high in the air. People are sliding beneath them and taking charges. That's a conversation that we do need to have. All right, we will and we, as we continue. Let me lose the music on that. Let me do a, a quick break here. We'll come back with my top two takes from the NBA playoff weekend. We'll have plenty of time for reaction as well. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fix, excuse me, Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, let me go back to my top five takes from the uh, NBA playoffs to this point. You can put the music back up there if you'd like, my friend Cam. Uh, as I gave you my top five, four, and three. Number five, Vegas says the Celtics are now the favorite, though I don't agree. I still believe the Bucks are the team to beat unless Giannis is going to be hampered the rest of the way. Number four, Kawhi is a top three player in the NBA, and he makes it very easy to forget. Number three, the Lakers are going to sweep the, the Grizzlies because I do not believe that we will see John Morant again in this series. Let me make it clear. I don't mean he won't play. He will give it a go. He's a tough kid. But that hand, there's no way. That's a shooting hand. I think he's done, and I think they're done. The rest of why are you making that face? Do you disagree? I I'd be surprised if it were a sweep. And the the longer the series goes, the more that it benefits Memphis, obviously. But in part because of the way that the schedule shapes up. There's two games between one and two, two, two excuse me, two days between one and two, and two days between two and three. Then they alternate every other through the end of a series. So if the Lakers are going to do it, I think it's going to have to be in five or fewer. The longer it goes, I'm going to favor the younger team because they're older. You mean? Yes, absolutely. 
that's not good. The, the, long, the longer every series goes and the deeper the Lakers get into the postseason, no, to I get me, it, but the you know more volatile old? they Austin are. Austin Reeves is not old, and Rui Hachimura is not old. We're not getting that game from him ever again, though. Who are we kidding? I don't know. I mean, that's just the way we drew it up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, those are five, four, and three, which brings us to this. Number two. Uh, the Knicks won because they didn't trade all their depth. So for all of the hand-wringing that has existed about the Knicks not trading for Donovan Mitchell and everyone talking at length about all the draft picks they weren't willing to part with, what is more meaningful were all the young pieces they didn't part with in a trade for Donovan Mitchell because those young pieces are the reason they beat Cleveland. The reason they won game one is not because of the physicality of Julius Randle. It is, A, because they have a true star. I mean, the the reality is if you wanted to have a conversation about it, would you just as soon have Jalen Brunson on your team as Donovan Mitchell? We could have that conversation. Now, it doesn't matter because it wasn't either or. They could have had both. But the, 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 the next most important reason they want is because they're deeper. Now, they're a deeper team, and the reason they are deeper is that they did not do what they did in the case of Carmelo Anthony, which was trade everybody on their team who could dribble without the ball going out of bounds off their foot in order to get them. And they kept good players there. Now, would they be better with Donovan Mitchell? He'd be better. He'd be the best player on this team. But I'm not sure they aren't as currently constituted more dangerous than that team would have been. Now, they aren't a legitimate championship contender. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. They don't beat Milwaukee. They don't beat Philly. They don't beat Boston like this. But I do think that they have an excellent chance to win this series. And the reason is because they didn't trade away their depth. Depth is so incredibly important. The playoffs are more a marathon than a sprint. And the Knicks, excuse me, the Knicks have legitimately nine good value positive players in their rotation. There are very few teams in the NBA that can say that right now. It's the depth that they didn't trade for Mitchell. They also preserved their picks. Cleveland gave up five first-round picks in that deal. So not only is it working out right now for the Knicks, but you have to feel fairly good about them being able to continue to build and potentially lure a third superstar. Let me go back to that for one second. I'm going back to the box score really quickly from that game. How many Cavs, because the Knicks bench so out, completely dominated them. 37 to 14. Right, I know that. Mm -hmm. But like they really, the Cavs only really got... Contribution out of three guys off of their bench of any sort, and and even that was one guy played seven minutes. So you're, you're looking at a team that, I mean, the Knicks are just so much deeper than them, and I think it does make a big difference, a huge difference. So I'm pulling up the box score now. So in that game, the Cavs uh, it was Jetty Osman and it was Karis Levert. They were the only guys that came off the bench and played more than seven minutes. It's just, you're just it's impossible to to expect that much out of your starters the way that, and that's game one. Imagine in Game 6 how gassed they're going to be. Yeah. So the Knicks won because they didn't make that trade. Now, again, will it ultimately be their undoing? I suppose we'll find out. So those are my takes 5, 4, 3, and 2. Number 1. And number 1 is death, taxes, and Draymond is going to kick somebody. That, 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 that's pretty much one of those things in life you can count on. There's going to come a big moment, and Draymond is going to do something with his foot that's going to wind up costing his team. There was the legendary kicked him in the ding-ding 
which became one of the great Mike and Mike bits of all time. And that was from the NBA Finals, and it will always be remembered because it was what it changed the course of NBA history in so many different ways. If Draymond doesn't kick a guy in the ding ding, they beat Cleveland that year easily in those NBA Finals. And the next thing you know, LeBron doesn't bring one to the land, and Kevin Durant doesn't go to Golden State, and all of those things happen. And so everyone, all we talked about forever was. And then he kicked him in the ding ding. That that was one of my favorite ever. Mike and Mike Bits. This one probably won't be remembered as much because it comes in the first round against Sacramento. But the reality is it could easily derail them from winning a championship. It could. And whenever this team gets knocked out of this year's postseason, we could be seeing the end of the dynasty. This could be it. This group has won four championships. They've been really good about as long as a collection of players generally tends to stay good. Very few teams have been as consistently good for as long as this group has. When healthy, those three guys have basically been around the finals every year for almost a decade. We could be seeing the end of it right now. I have more on that in just a moment. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.